You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Do you know what is one of the most wonderful revelations that any Christian can enjoy? Is knowing that God loves you just as much as He does any of His apostles, any of His prophets. It is in the mind and the heart of God to make everything beautiful in your life at the appointed time. Men try to search this out, try to know how it works, because eternity has been placed in our hearts. But it's God that conceals it oftentimes. The Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter But it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. God wants to answer prayer. That means God hears your prayers. If God loves you just as much as He does any of His apostles, any of His prophets, He wants to do His will just as much in your life than in the apostles and prophets. Do you believe that? If you believe that, then you can say with all confidence, Jesus Christ is aware of your situation. This will lead me to our sermon topic for today. Jesus Christ is aware of your situation. Listen what the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. That which is has already been, and what is to be has already been, and God requires an account of what is past. God makes everything beautiful in its time. The mere fact that you have been crying out to God, praying and saying, God, help, and you've not seen the desired result, does not mean that God has not heard your prayer. God can be considering your prayer request for different reasons. One of those reasons could be to preserve you, to keep you from evil. It could be to prepare you for a new level in life. Many of you, if you'd received the contract when you wanted it, would not be here this morning. That very thing could have destroyed you. I remember when Belinda and myself just got married. I thought I'm marrying a pastor's daughter. She can sing. Hopefully I can preach. They don't know by then because I wasn't a pastor. I thought, let's go start a church. But when I said, God, should we do it now? And the Lord said, no. I said, how long do I have to wait? And the Lord said, 10 years. 10 years. I said, God, if I do it before then, what would happen? He said, you would destroy yourself, you would destroy your wife, you would destroy your marriage. I have to prepare you. So God makes everything beautiful in its time. You can go look at many men of God. Even Joseph, when he had a dream, had to wait. So there's a time for preparation, but God wants to make everything beautiful in its time. If there's a delay, it's not that God is denying you anything. God knows best. Amen. 
If God has not given you the desired result of your heart, it's because He's protecting you. He knows the best. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 5. We sometimes, because of our own limitations when it comes to spiritual things, don't understand certain things. Look at this, Luke chapter 5. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And the net was breaking, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. Family, here is a man that was filled with frustration. A man that was skilled, that knew how to catch fish. Would work the whole night and not caught anything. Speaking of midnight hour, it speaks of a time of darkness. And he had no results. All of this was predestined and planned by God. He had knowledge how to catch fish. He knew how to do it, when to do it. He had been doing it for a long time. But there was no results. What is your situation that you are facing right now? You've worked, you've done everything with no results. Even in a situation where you've experienced disappointment, seemingly looking at the situation and seeing failure, as a Christian, you can know that God is supporting your situation. That disappointment meant an appointment with God. If you know God is in control of your situation, you'll not start to murmur and to complain. You know, when you read this message, you can see God's heart towards Peter was to do far more abundantly, exceedingly above whatever you could think, whatever you could ask, whatever you could imagine. God wanted to do more for him than what he believed God could do for him. Do you know how I know that? Go to verse 4 quickly. Jesus said to him, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And you see what's happening here? Jesus is saying to him, get ready, go drop the nets. He's saying, I'm going to listen to you, Jesus, and obey you. I'm going to drop the net. Most of us look at our situation and our circumstances and the facts. He knew that he had been toiling all night long that there was no fish. 
that caught nothing. This is the trap that the enemy sets for all of us to focus upon our situation and our circumstances. Even as a Christian, sometimes it's pressing against you. Peter knew there was no fish. He had toiled all night. When you get to a place when you've stopped reasoning, your own strength, your own ability cannot help you anymore. It's a time where Jesus can help you. Amen. Jesus wanted to take Simon Peter from where he was to where God wanted him to be. Let me tell you something, family. When it's the time for God to make something beautiful in your life, there'll be a force from heaven that will help you and support you and take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. If Peter had had his desired result, he would have left that seashore and he would not have had his encounter with Jesus Christ. Maybe if he had caught the fish, he'd say, guys, let's clean up. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going home. Well done. And he would have left. But now he had to sit there and he had to clean his nets, frustrated. When Jesus said to him, go out, you can hear that frustration. Master Jesus, we have toiled all night. There's nothing but yet at your word. Family, when you're facing a situation, make God's word the standard for your life. What has God told you in that situation? The biggest mistake that we make as Christians, there's so much of the world in our hearts that when we face situations and challenges, we're adopting to the methods of the world more than what we're adapting to God's word. What I mean, we're using the gospel to suit us. We're changing it for our own purposes instead of allowing the gospel to change us. But your situations will put your sonship to the test. What we go through we cannot decide. But the way that we go through it, we can decide. When you make a decision to make God's word the standard for your life, you are actually saying, I'm starting with my training. Family, listen to me. You can say, I'm not the person that easily forgives, or I'm the person who always, always gets angry quickly. That's who I am. That's not who you are. You're lying. You're talking nonsense. God has made us in His likeness and in His image. To think with Him, walk with Him, and plan with Him. God, in His darkest moment of hurt, of rejection, of pain, of suffering, even being disconnected from God. Remember, Jesus said, My Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? In that moment of feeling God had abandoned Him, everybody was against Him, the pain and the suffering that he went through on the cross, he made a decision to say, Father, forgive them. So if Jesus can make that decision in that moment of pain, we ought to do the same. But we've not trained our hearts in that way. You have to say, God, grant unto me a humble heart, a sincere heart. Yes, you know, for a long time I got away and I said, you know, the Mulders are a certain way. That's how we are. No, no, no. That's maybe a situation and circumstances that's changed you. But when you become a Christian, you say the Word of God has become my standard. And the Word of God will dictate my actions, my thoughts. And I have to replace the world that's in my heart. A matter of fact, Paul said to Timothy, Exercise yourself toward godliness. 
Peter in that boat, when he was disappointed, frustrated, nothing working out, made a decision to exercise himself towards godliness. To say, I'm not now going to behave like an unbeliever, I'm going to behave like a Christian. I'm going to behave like the Jesus that's on the inside of me. Let me read it to you. 1 Timothy 4 verse 7. Family, the Bible says offenses will come to everybody. In this world, there will be tribulations and trials. You have to train yourself to always give glory and honor to Jesus in every situation. Whether the net is full of fish, you say thank you, Jesus. Or whether it's empty, you say thank you, Jesus. You have to train your heart in that. 1 Timothy 4 verse 7. But reject profane and old wives' fables. And exercise yourself towards godliness. The Passion Translation says, Be quick to abstain from senseless traditions and legends. It says, Stay away from these silly traditions. If something does not give glory to God, stay away from it. But instead be engaged in training of truth that brings righteousness. It says you have to train yourself to get to that place where it brings righteousness. Why do you train something? By its very nature, when you say, I'm going to train, you say, I want to get from where I am to where I should be. Training by its very nature speaks of resistance. If you want to push weights, those muscles pain. I know when I started training with my son, I looked at these exercises that they're doing for rugby players, and I'm not a rugby player, but I said, okay, let me just, can just be good for me. And I started doing those exercises. It felt like a bus hit me. Not from one side, from four sides. And then fell on me. I had pain where I, I cannot explain it to you. You cannot walk. You, you, you battle to get out of the bed. Thinking is getting out of bed so difficult. Not for one week or two weeks. For the first three months. That's the word of God. We've trained our hearts not to forgive. Now the Bible says forgive. We've trained our hearts. If somebody... Say something to you, you say, you want a piece of me? I'll sort you out. Now Jesus says, if somebody slaps you on this side, turn the other side. The Bible says, when people start to curse you, ridicule you, excommunicate you, want nothing to do with you, count yourself blessed and start to rejoice. Now we're talking Bible. Now we have to exercise our faith. Sometimes it's difficult. The Bible says, now in the last days, brother will turn against brother. Sister against sister. Father against the son. Why? Because of offenses. And people train their hearts. Whether believers or non-believers, they get offended like this. Because they have so many expectations in their hearts. And Jesus wants to get us to a place where we can say like the disciples, I glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. How can somebody glory in tribulation? You need a greater, higher revelation to be able to do that. For the disciples to say, we count it all joy when we fall into various trials. How can you count it all joy? Is this all joy when trials come your way? If that trial is the very thing keeping you close to God, you can say, thank you, Jesus. Many of you would not be fasting and praying and seeking God's face if you had your desired result. You'd be on a boat somewhere for a long weekend saying, thank you. 
I must enjoy the blessings of the Lord. It's because you still don't know the responsible use of blessing that God cannot entrust you with that blessing. Listen to this. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Luke 6 verse 22. How favored you become when you are hated. It says you are highly favored when you are hated. Excommunicated and slandered. Or when your name is spoken of as evil because of your love for me, the Son of Man. I promise you that as you experience these things, you will celebrate and dance with overflowing joy. And the heavenly reward of your faith will be abundant because you are being treated the same way as your forefathers, the prophets. The New Living Translation said, What blessing awaits you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil? Because you follow the Son of Man. When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. The most important thing is God involved in your situation. If God is involved in your situation, it settles the matter. Amen. Then whatever people say about you doesn't matter. He says, when you are doing good, People will come and speak evil of you. And even when you're standing against what is evil, wanting to do good, they will say you are evil. Amen. He says, when that happens, start to rejoice. Start to be happy. Start to say, thank you, Jesus. Actually, he says, start dancing. That's when you've become a man and a woman of faith. You know, Jesus says, after you have suffered a while, Paul writing in the Word of God. He says, after you've suffered a while, go through some, God will settle you, God will establish you, and God will perfect everything concerning you. Amen. Even for a diamond to get to a place where it shines, some pieces has to be removed from it. For gold to be gold, it has to go through fire. Amen. Everybody wants to be gold, but nobody wants to go through the fire. Everybody wants to experience resurrection power, but nobody wants to be likened to Christ in His crucifixion. There's no resurrection without death. So family, when you go through that situation, be very careful what you say. Be aware how you handle your situation. Because how you handle your situation and what you say about your situation shows what you believe. Because what comes out of your heart, the abundance that comes out of your heart, reveals what's in your heart. Some of us have got so much of the world in our hearts that Jesus has been displaced. We need to give Jesus the rightful place in our hearts. When Jesus has the rightful place in our hearts, whether you find yourself in prison or in a palace, you'll praise Him. Look at Paul and Silas being placed in prison. They start to worship. They start to praise Him. They start to exalt Him. What is your prison right now? What has your response been to that prison? Have you been murmuring? Have you been complaining? Because nowhere in the Bible does it give us right to murmur or to complain. These apostles that we know that God loves them just as much as what He loves us. Go read the book of Acts. You'll not see one person murmuring or complaining. But yet, they were stoned, shipwrecked, crucified, Went through every terrible thing, ridiculed. 
but they walked in the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. In your situation that you are facing right now, we have a valuable lesson from Jesus when he was tempted. The book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 4, you can go read it. After Jesus had been in the desert, hungry and thirsty, the devil came and tempted him with what? With bread. Why? Because he was hungry. The thing that you are desperate for is the thing that the devil will use to tempt you. Young people, are you desperate for a spouse? Be very careful. You can be tempted with a spouse. If you are desperate for money, be very careful. You can be tempted with money. The very thing that you are desperate for is what the devil will use to tempt you. I want to tell you this one thing. Just because you've been walking with God for a long time and you have a close relationship with Jesus does not mean you cannot be tempted. Nobody is closer to God the Father than Jesus. And Jesus was tempted by the devil. It means you can be very close to God and still be tempted. But your response in that situation is what matters. Now that I'm married 23 years this year, we're building a church now. We have to pray and be even more alert than ever before. You know why? Because we see that the devil left Jesus for a more opportune time to tempt him again. You know when he tempted him? He tempted him on the cross. When he was on the cross, he said to him, If you are the Son of God, get off the cross. You know what that means? You know where the devil will tempt most of you? In your sonship. If you are a Christian, a son of the Most High God, why has your contract not come through? Why have you not got your promotion? Where is the husband or the wife that God promised you? And he will tempt you in your sonship. Never doubt your sonship. You have a pain in your body. Oh, you have a pain in your body. Why? You need to get to a place where you say, whether Jesus heals me or not, he's my healer. Whether he delivers me or not, he's my deliverer. That you know that you know who God is. That your situation will not dictate what you say. That when you know you're a son of the Most High God, you're made in God's image and God's likeness. That's what God wants for you. That even in your moment of pain, you can forgive. In the moment where there's nothing, you can say, God is still my provider. Let me just close with this. Let, let me read Habakkuk 3. Habakkuk knew this. 17 says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, there's no new business. Nor the fruit beyond the vines, the deal didn't come off. Though the labor of the olive oil may fail, there's no anointing, no prophetic word. Came to church today, didn't even say anything. And the fields yield no food, the economy is down. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, the business that you had got taken away from you. And there's no herd in the stalls. Your savings that was left is now also gone. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. 
says these things will not dictate my confession, my attitude towards God. Because I know God. When you read on there, it says God will lead you on your high hill. He's going to make it beautiful in its time and in its season. That which you are going through right now is not to kill you, it's not to destroy you, but it's for the glory of God. So start saying thank you, Jesus, in your situation. If Jesus Christ is aware of your situation, it will make it beautiful in its time. Don't let the devil come and question your sonship because your prayer has not been answered. God might be considering your prayer request to preserve you, to prepare you for a new level in life, even to protect you. One thing we know that God hears prayer and wants to answer prayer. But if something is going to harm or hurt you, he will not allow it. But he will wait for his time and his season, and then it will be beautiful. Let me close with this as an encouragement. When we started with the church, eventually after 10 years, I said, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Now we've started. And I read a book about somebody who had to wait 14 years before they built a church. And when I read it, God there was something saying on the inside, you'll have to wait. And I said, no, I'm not waiting. This is this man's faith. My faith is different. We'll build the church quicker. Lo and behold, it's 14 years later now. And we're building a church. But God is making it beautiful in its time. But when it's God's time to make it beautiful in its time, there'll be a force from heaven that will come and it will just be easy and God will make it beautiful in its time. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.